in the darkest corners of the podcast dungeon, you have come across another goddamn horror podcast. With Graham Faye, Jonas Barnes, and Ryan. Welcome, everybody, to yet another goddamn horror podcast. I am one of your hosts. I am Ryan Danley, coming to you from a, uh, you know, kind of sunny, nice, uh, you know what, like, I'm just like, 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 spring in Portland is like fading into summer. It's just so beautiful. And like, like, the, the flowers are popping in my yard. And, uh, um, you know, um, I'm just going to bring this up until until both Jonas and Graham um, cry at one point. You know, <laughs> really, I, mean? yeah, I honestly, I feel like it bothers Graham so much less than it bothers me because now I know that you say it just to be an asshole. <laughs> so I'm like, now I want to grow lawn out on my concrete just as a fuck you to you. And it'll die. It'll for sure die. Like there's no I way left that grass Vermont will to survive. get away from lawns. Lawns are just—it's too much. They—they they really think there's something special there. And there's always some neighbor that wants to compete <laughs> with it and be like, "My lawn is better. I got a perfect lawn." It's like, look at this award-winning lawn. Shut up, Dad. Lawns are for broken uh, uh, washing machines and dishwashers and car parts. Oh well, okay. I mean, I'm, just, Elk- I'm, I'm, I'm fine with cars parking. on cinder blocks. <laughs> I'm fine with parking <laughs> my truck and my lawn. Um, no, I have a little bit of lawn, but I have like a, a nice flower garden too. I have like a proper English garden. Because uh, this was kind of how I roll. Is that like a proper? Is that like a full English breakfast? I mean, I a proper English lawn. Yeah, it's covered in baked beans. Um, yeah, it you know is. What I mean? <laughs> and blood sausage. Um, yeah, it's because it's a horror podcast. There's the horror. You grow, you <laughs> grow the blood horror. pudding out in your fucking English garden. <laughs> yeah, I'm saying. I will tell you though, a full English breakfast or a full Scottish breakfast when you're there is dope. Like, and we. Oh have, yeah, it's it, totally it, disgusting. You're right. No, it's no, it's great. Like, no, it's like roasted <laughs> mushrooms and like beans. Like, I love beans for breakfast. Um, a full I, English breakfast gets more gross the farther you go down it because it like starts with like sausage and bacon and eggs and you fuck it, baked beans. Sure, we'll go with but, that. But it's not really. But it's not really mushrooms, uh, tomatoes. But it's not really squeak. That sounds like you killed your pets and ate them for breakfast. It's it's streaky. It's streaky. Streaky bacon. I don't know. I like it. Uh, anyways, um, is there is there a full New Zealand breakfast, Denver? Um, I mean, it's not too far removed from the the classic English breakfast, like you know the the, the bacon, the eggs, the tomato, the you know. I guess it, it's probably just a, a um, an English breakfast, but they just don't call it that so much. Yeah. Um, the beans? You got the beans in there? Oh yeah, I think that's an option. That's like an optional extra. Like if you want beans, it's not like a, a standard. You know, not there's not like a big sloppy dollop of beans on every every plate. But you could probably ask for them. I don't. I don't know. I I think it's good. I like I like beans with breakfast. I do. Yeah. Uh, cool. Like I, yeah. I, I always know. was like that's that sounds ridiculous and and but it's awesome. But it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it's smart. it just it on paper it's terrible, but on yeah. plate it's 
fucking rules. <laughs> Honestly, the first time somebody gave me blood pudding, I wanted to fight them. Like, <laughs> I, I took a bite of it and I was like, what the fuck did you just feed me? Like, how dare you? I, 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 love, I love blood pudding. Like, with the proper stuff, you spread it on things. It's delicious. Um, and also, remember, um, uh, Jonas, uh, our second highest listening group is uh, the United Kingdom. So we just want to make sure that we know that we, we support their, their, their long tradition of... Uh, yeah, I love them. <laughs> that doesn't mean I love their breakfast. I don't care. We just, we just, we just New Zealand fit into your uh, your uh, writing system. Yeah, uh, third tied tied, tied with tied with third. Um, um, there's you're in a you're in good company. It's New Zealand, Australia. Um, uh, it's a bunch of different uh, uh, Mexico, um, Canada um, are all tied for third. Um, but UK comes in a strong second, which is well. Which is we good. we need to. I'm going to put the word out. We need to beat Australia. That's the, that's the main thing. We need to edge out Australia. That's uh, that's dude. You, you yeah. have no literally idea. our goal. It yeah. literally has been our goal, goal for too. a long time. Yeah. It's just to become. I want to become New Zealand's number one um, horror podcast. It's just yeah. like um, just it. because of New Zealand's excellent history with horror. Yeah, um, excellent. And and, yeah. Um, and honestly, like just like the the excellent uh, modern, like you know the the. Jermaine Clem- just like what we do in the shadow mm. uh, Wellington mm. uh, paranormal uh, uh, everything that's come out of, you know uh, Jojo rat everything that's come out of New Zealand in all the Peter Jackson stuff everything in the in recent times has just been so absolutely stellar and yeah um, yeah I'm a, I'm a big have, fan have you seen the first series of Wellington paranormal um, the first season yeah I think yeah, first, I believe so yeah I think the have, first two or three are out it's yeah. fantastic. Have, have you seen the episode with the aliens and the crop fields? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So the naked farmer in the episode who gets, you know, he gets cloned. He's my friend and my neighbor, Ricky, who lives just two doors oh, down. Yeah, so I'll give, awesome. give a shout, give a shout out, out to, to Ricky Day because, yeah, he was he was naked farmer, alien possessed guy. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Huge shout. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, by the way, everybody, um, for a proper introduction, because um, we just got, you know, I just got all into New Zealand uh, breakfast. Um, uh, <laughs> we have uh, um, we're really lucky to get uh, another New Zealand guest on our show. Um, writer, um, good dude, um, horror writer, horror fan, uh, Denver Grinnell. Thank you for joining us, man. I really do appreciate it. Thank you. Kia ora. Kia ora. Yeah. Another goddamn horror podcast. Yeah. Should be on. yeah no it's uh, it's great um so um yeah when uh when i when i reached out to you i started get, uh, getting into your stuff you have a bunch of short stories you have a bunch of really uh-huh. uh, great books and um and I, you know one thing we we love movies on this but you know you know there's so much great horror writing out there oh. it's um you know to, um were you always into horror writing or did you read a lot of horror as a kid or how does that, how does that yeah i did i mean i started you know I was an, i'm a classic 80s kid i started reading just fantasy sci-fi but then when i was about 11 10 or 11 got into stephen king that's when i you know got the horror in a big way so it was pretty much i just read stephen king clive barker religiously they were the only two authors i read for probably a good five or six years um i tried reading some dean Koontz, wasn't into Koontz. um so yeah it was just king and barker and that was just and then i was i was always writing as a kid i was writing lots of short stories I used to write like star wars fan fiction and and that sort of shit and um, but then I kind of gave up writing for a good 20 years. Um, I was trying to write stories. I was trying to write books and I wanted to, one of them to be kind of weird and edgy and kind of like Chuck Palahniuk or Irvine Welsh or that kind of 
more postmodern sort of edgy stuff and and it was terrible it was embarrassingly bad and i just it, it was probably it was bad enough to make me stop writing for a good 20 years because i was like dude you don't know what you're doing just <laughs> just stop <laughs> so i did um and then when i just played music instead because it was easier than writing books well it's easier to you know get in a band and do gigs and and have fun as opposed to sitting there writing terrible writing and not doing anything with it so yeah um yeah it's a it's 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 one of the weird things about art it's like okay i want to be this artist but truly mm. i'm i'm this artist and that's mm. a weird that's a weird place that we kind of get into as like mm. you know i mean um you know i really you know uh, both jonas and i are stand-ups and you know and mm. uh and um there's like stand up that like I you know when I first got into it that I wanted to be like more and yeah. uh, I didn't like w- the 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 way I look and everything just it just didn't match and like uh-huh. you know like my first jokes were all these like therapy jokes and stuff like that and I would get up and start telling them and and it just didn't like fit with so there would be like I'd already be like in the hole because they wouldn't have been like you know and I still use some of those jokes but I have to like. Mm prep a crowd for you know what i mean but it's but you know yeah. so it's so it's an interesting thing to be like hey listen i want to be you yeah. know um i want to be a like a writer and i want to write this sort of like you know esoteric like sort of like modern modern mm. modern lit stuff and uh yeah. yeah that's a that's a you're either you either can write that shit or you can't yeah you know what i mean because yeah. yeah you can't just you can't just slide in there and be like oh yeah i'll be i'll, I'll i can do that you, you can't you know that's you've got to get, i think you've got to get good at writing first in some sort of genre or style before you can start pushing the boat out like those writers do you know like so um so yeah like 20 years later when i got back into writing it was just i started writing and it was horror horror just came out like i wasn't even thinking i'm going to write horror i just started and i was writing short stories and they all just just came out as horror stories and just yeah so that's what sort of got me back on back on the path so I had a I had a horror author question for you. Um, uh-huh. As basically, if you've ever heard of this person, um, have you ever heard of a horror author named Grady Hendrix? Yes, yes, Grady. Yep. Yeah. So I uh, I met Grady at a film festival. I want to say uh-huh. two years ago. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Time blurs together because of the pandemic now. But I had met him and I actually interviewed him at the uh, at the festival. Um, fantastic dude. But he's yeah. like he was one of the ones that I think a lot of people like that are really into the literary side of it know mm. him mm. but just the general public if you throw his name out there he's not somebody that just pops up like a you know mm. like a stephen king or a clive barker or something like that no um but his his is a very interesting style it's like the almost mm. like 80s style 70s yeah. 80s style horror literature it is and, and you know obviously he's he's big on the you know paperbacks from hell that's like his his kind of his baby isn't it like he just grew up on that but it's also i mean i've i've read a couple of his books i've read my best friend's exorcism and what's the metal one we sold our souls yeah we sold our souls yeah so i've read yep. those two and yeah he's very he's 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 pretty amazing because eh? he can do this kind of pop pop culture sort of references and kind of that style but then he can what, what he does is he sneaks in this kind of heartfelt story underneath like he can be kind of irreverent and funny but halfway through each of those books there's a little twist and it just kind of gets you in the in the gut and you're like oh he's, he's quite clever how he does that you know like yeah it's a bit of a skill also when I you thought, see him in per- when you see him in person he catches you it catches you off guard what he looks like yeah he's I've like seen, I've seen he, it, yeah he's very straight laced looking like almost yeah. nerdy looking dude yeah but then when you see his his writing it's like oh you're fucking twisted though dude <laughs> <laughs> um yeah. well i um 
I started your book recently, The Burning Boy and Other Stories. It's oh, cool. really fucking good. But I the, Thank you. the first story, uh, the the offering, I think, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, there's a, it reminded me uh, a lot, especially the end scene of um, my favorite Stephen King story, The Mist, and the final oh, scene yeah, in that, yeah, yeah, yeah. in the book yeah. with the, the monster walking mm. over the road and you can't really mm. see it. Mm. And, and that always scared me. But this, you detailed the monster really well and it still mm-hmm. gave me that like, kind of like ominous scare. It was awesome. So uh, right cool. away, I was like, oh, this, this dude's really good. I'm, uh, I really dig that kind of like Lovecraftian old, old ways, old gods and shit mm-hmm. and stuff. That shit is great. So yeah, I you. love that story. And, and yeah, it, it's just so, it was such a nice little taste because they're short stories, obviously. Mm. But mm. So good. Um, oh, and, and, and I felt like a lot of your stories were also just amazing setups for the mind. Like when they were done, I was like, this could keep going forever. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. And I love yeah. that. Yeah. So. I've had, I've had people, I've had reviews, like not negative reviews, but even sort of mixed reviews. While I say the stories leave you wanting more. And oh, for, for some sure. people, for some people, that's a good thing. Some people, it's not quite a good thing, but for me personally, I like those stories. I like getting a glimpse into a world without being given all, I mean, I want, you obviously want some of the answers, but I don't need to be told everything. I like coming into the story late and then kind of leaving it with, there's potentially a lot more stuff that can happen afterwards. But but I, I quite like that. I know not every reader does, um, but that's just what I, what I enjoy. Yeah, I appreciate that style a lot. And it's, it's, it's what happened in The Mist in the book. And then the mm. opposite happens in the movie. And yeah. I super appreciated that too. Like it was still yeah, yeah. like, it's awesome. So like, it's hard to do either. I think, you know, mm. a good ending is hard. Mm. And I think you nailed it a lot with the ambiguous. Oh, thank you. Too, so. yeah, and, awesome. you know, and, um, and the, I think the thing that's uh, good about um, what you've done is that you can pack a lot of like, you know, like short story writing. I think that there's some belief in this world that short story writing is, uh, I don't want to say easier, but just like, it's just not like a, you don't have to go through. And, and of course that's true. There aren't the, the, the larger dynamics at play, but to actually like pack in a really great beginning, middle and end into a short story mm. uh, takes a, takes a skill level, skill level and word economy and all that sort of stuff that I, mm. I, you know, I'm, I'm a freelance writer and I just write satire, but like, you, mm. know, but you still, but it still requires a beginning, middle and end. I mean, like mm. the stories do, you know, and, um, and um, you, you know, it's hard to fit that into, you know, like, you know, I have to do everything in under 400 words. And so sometimes you're like, I, I could do 900 words, you know what I mean? And, yeah, it's just yeah. like, and so it's like to be able to get that into like, uh, into like the package that it needs to be is, uh, mm. is really good. And uh, you do a great job of that, of packing like a great amount of story into a little space. Oh, so, thank you. Yeah. yeah, I um because when I first started writing again, I was writing, well, I, I wanted to write screenplays, my, my goal when I got writing again, was like, I want to write, I want to write movies. I want to write screenplays. And I started writing, I wrote about three, I wrote a short film and then I wrote three or half features and then stopped because I, again, I was so bad that I was like, ugh, ugh, the writing's terrible. He's, I'm not working as screenplays. So I started, started writing short fiction just to get my, my skills up to speed. If, you know, like, like getting back on the bike, I just wanted to write some short fiction. So I entered a lot of flash fiction sort of, horror flash fiction competitions you know and a lot of them are like a thousand word maximum so um yeah that that really helped kind of get trying to tell a whole story in such a small space and quite often i find i'd write 
they'd have a theme. You know, it might be a theme. The theme might be haunted hospitals or something or some shit. But you'd, I'd write and I'd write like 1,500, 2,000 words and then just chop, 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 cut it back, cut it back. And then to get it down to 1,000. And I find that really, really fun. I like taking out all the extraneous words. I like just sort of cutting to the cutting it down to the bone. I mean, in, in, in books and in longer stories, you can get into your descriptions, you can go into the minds of the characters, but in a in a short story, you've got to just put the essentials in really and try and try and tell as big a story as a, well, not as a book, but it, you can try to tell a big story, but just in only so much space. And I, I just really enjoy doing that. Sounds it's like big. whittling a tree down to a spear. It <laughs> is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's I mean, as, um, as, you know, as a, a stand-up cutting fat off of things is everything we do. And mm. uh, you know what I mean? Like you don't want, you don't want a single extra word than you need. And yeah. And I think that like going into it, writing like that, it, like, you know, cause like when I first started like writing for the hard times, like, you know, I, I would like, I would, you know, I would really write something and they would want 400 and I would have to, and I would be like at, you know, at, at 700 or 650, yeah. you know, I'm like, Oh, how do I, you know what I mean? And then you, yeah. but you really learn how to like get points across that not only, not only like, like, I love that you loved it too, because the process is so good because what you really do is like whittling it down to like, now I'm telling a concise story and like, and I'm telling like, there's no, there's no time for people to get bored because every line, it's like, you know, like, and everything I do and like, I can't go more than like two lines and stand up without having a punchline. So like, I, so, and it's like that with the, with the writing too, it's like, I want everything to have impact and every sentence to have impact. And that's what keeps the story kind of flowing and good and mm. and i think even i think even if you didn't do that it would be nice like like bringing that like in like bringing that attitude into writing longer form stuff has got to be kind of you know what i mean kind of uh, uh cool like how do i make this really like long book now yeah. basically still have that thinned out like punchy you know like you know uh, mm. if that makes sense like, uh, yeah yeah i mean to be honest i actually because i haven't written a novel yet i've you know i've mainly been writing short stories for the past two years and i've got a couple of longer pieces which i'm working on and a novel that i've a a friend and i have co-written so that's kind of a little bit different but because i haven't written a novel as such i'm i'm still kind of quite new to that 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 format you know like going long and i've I've tried to write a novella and i'm i actually find i'm it's still coming back it's still still coming on the on the shorter side i think because i've just honed that kind of shorter style so much that i'm actually finding it a bit harder to go longer which is sure. which is interesting yeah so i've got to see if i can try and get a get a book you know like a, a full full length book out of me at some point because it's it's a different yeah, it's a slightly different skill you know sure and i mean yeah. you know i mean but, but like i think even like if you take stephen king like a lot mm. of those books are kind of like three short stories even his longer books put yeah. together you know what i mean yeah, I think yeah, because yeah. he's such a short story writer too mm. that i think that you know him like uh you know like he just like and i and i think that's a cool way to go about it like he just writes mm. each book of his of his major uh, you know the internal books of the the major is like three short stories within themselves and i think that's a, like i've always noticed that about him that like it was like yeah it was very much like that i feel mm. yeah yeah mm. it's like it kind of ends at one point and then we pick up a new new version yeah. of the same sort of thing that connects together yeah it's a it's a uh, it's a it's the fucking coolest art in the world if you ask me mm. i just uh, i'm a, a geek for writing so 
Awesome. Have you guys, any of you guys read um, David Mitchell, who wrote Cloud Atlas, any of his books? I have, I have not read, I got into Cloud Atlas once and I unfortunately never finished it, but, yeah. I, <laughs> but it's written very, it's written very well. It's just, yeah, uh, it was, it was I a, think he's, a, he's an acquired taste. I've tried to get people to read Cloud Atlas before and they kind of gave up as well. Cause it's, it's a bit, it's a bit odd, you know, cause he, he literally writes books out of short stories, you know, like right. Cloud Atlas is literally a, a selection of short stories connected but oh. all set in different time periods different characters and quite a lot of his well, a good three or four of his books are actually like that and that's kind of i remember reading an interview and he said i didn't know how to write a book but i knew how to write short stories so i wrote a book of short stories that told one large story like his first book was called ghost written and it's literally that it's like 20, 10 or 12 short stories set all over the world different characters and it, but it tells a full story and like he's kind of made that his his thing like that's what he does which is really cool Mm-hmm. That's, no, that's super it. cool. It's like concept albums. Yes, yeah, I love yeah. it. <laughs> um, I have a question um, about. Um, I think it was it was Lilith. Um, it mm. took place in Springfield, Massachusetts. Yeah, which is like right over the border from Springfield, Vermont, where I grew up. Right. <laughs> was, so I and I and the story I loved and especially the ending it was really really cool but yeah why springfield massachusetts <laughs> interesting and it's so interesting to have someone who knows the area because you could probably tear the story to shreds now because i literally it was for a it was for a halloween um short story thing and it was like um no 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 it was a lovecraftian short story so because of lovecraft i think it was massachusetts i wanted to set it somewhere in lovecraft lovecraft country so i think i just yeah. picked it and then I picked picked the picked the location, and then kind of did a bit of research on it. But I knew there was some hills, and I knew there was a trail. I have no yeah, idea. Yeah. I have no, no idea. It, if- it, I I thought I was like, oh, he must have like stayed here, or maybe went to college, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like UMass is close by. So. Yeah, yeah, classic. So I mean, I've been to the states, but I've never, I haven't been up that way. I haven't been there, but um, yeah, I was kind of just fucking pulling it out of my ass. To it was cool. It felt, you know, it felt like a shout out because, like, I literally oh, like yeah. I go to springfield i used to go through there all the time so yeah it was really cool yeah classic <laughs> um did you go how about any uh non-horror growing up did you are you a vonnegut guy are you uh you uh mm, not so much i mean like i said i started in kind of sci-fi and, mm-hmm. you know like a, you know i was read, read a bunch of sci-fi uh, fancy a lot of fancy stuff when i was when i was a kid excuse me and then once it got to horror it was just king and barker Right. And then in the and then in the 90s I started reading you know like um Hunter S Thompson and um mm-hmm. Carol I remember doing some Kerouac at, at uni so I was like oh yeah Kerouac and Willie Miss Burroughs and into the beat stuff and yeah and then it was like yeah a bit of everything until um you know and then Chuck Palahniuk came along and Fight Club and got right yeah. into him and um, you, yeah. you, know, you know what's funny is you uh, go back and read that Kerouac now and tell me what you uh, what you think about it because uh, it's uh, it's not that great. Um, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, he gets a lot of talk for uh, yeah. the you know like I love that shit too when I was young. You know what I mean? Mm. Like I, I read all that stuff. Uh, Hunter, I lived in Colorado at the time, so mm. Hunter S. Thompson was still alive and that was still big. Uh, he mm. was still still a big a big figure, and you know, mm. um, and uh, a lot of that that sort of stuff was. Uh, it was really fascinating to me and now i don't know i just uh, it's, it's right. tough to go back it's tough to go back and read the uh it's tough to go back and read the uh, the Kerouac. the beat guys in general 
Um, Well, I think that you can maybe, I would say Bukowski is under the beat umbrella, maybe. Uh I don't know if he's, I I think there's some, that might be a hot take, but for me, it's sort of the extension of that. Uh I think, I think Bukowski writes a great book, but, um, but the other stuff uh, just, uh, it doesn't do it for me so much anymore. Like the, uh, particularly the Kerouac, you're like, come on. Like, uh, like, I think you were kind of like a cooler guy for the time. And yeah, yeah. um, And now it's like, but I don't know if the, yeah, he's got a book of poetry out and it's, uh, it's, it's something I think, uh, I think everybody should do <laughs> it's, uh, anyways, the, as I take yeah. swipes, swipes at the, uh, at the, at the greats, um, uh, for the record, uh, Jonas's, um, um, uh, internet has failed. So he, um, he will be, he will be absent for the rest of this. Uh, he sends his love though to, uh, said to everybody. So, um, Oh. So, we'll, so some, some somehow we will have to move on without him. So, um, but we can um, do it. We can do it. We can carry on. We can carry uh-huh. on. Um, you know, uh, what is it about New Zealand? Uh, so we're huge fans of New Zealand on the show, and we are oh. always we are always digging around uh, um, for New Zealand. Uh, people involved uh-huh. because uh-huh. you know um, what what is it about New Zealand that has made such amazing horror and fantasy and what what is it I mean like I live in the Pacific Northwest and I can drive through the state of Washington and be like oh I can kind of see why there's so many serial killers here you know what I mean and like <laughs> and like I, I live in Port- and I live in Portland and like so I know oh. why, why Chuck Palahniuk why he writes the way he does because it's oh. this this town sort of breeds that sort of thinking it's just the way it looks right. and it's just it's just in the air um, oh. you know and uh, you know and, and uh, you know all the other Warner Herzog, all you know, all the other people who have come from here have been, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, you can you can sense that. Um, what is it about? Because so much greatness, uh, art wise, has come out of New Zealand. Mm. What what do you think? What do you think the reason for that is? I have no idea. No, um, <laughs> no, I, I, I don't, and I, 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 I can only sort of surmise i think <clears throat> excuse me it's it's such a small country like it's it's so small like you know like it's what four, just form just over four million people you know mm-hmm. you know there's cities in the world around the world with more people than than our whole country so i think it always just has it's always just had this kind of independent kind of spirit i think it's that kind of diy ethic it's like you want something done you just have to do it you know i think back to like all the 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 bands the the 70s and 80s bands from Dunedin, the Dunedin sound, the fly nun kind of DIY ethic, you know, it was kind of just this real independent spirit and no one else is going to do it. So we'll, we'll do it, you know, um, which is exactly, you know, like, an, of course we're going to talk about bad taste and Peter Jackson, which is exactly what Peter Jackson did. He was like, man, I fucking love, I love evil dead and Sam Raimi and I love all these horror films. I'm going to make my own. And then he went out on the weekend and did it with his mates and and did it and and i just i just think that you know when you when you live in such a small place it's not like there's a there was never a scene no there's no there was no horror or you know like scene like i grew up in the 80s and i had one mate who was into horror we used to ride on the bus and read fangoria magazines on the bus and go to the video store and get out vhs's and get to our two vhs players and hook them up and 
record the movies on you know bootleg them and you know but it was it was literally us like us two and um and once once i kind of grew older and we grew apart i didn't have a i never had a, like another horror mate for quite a few years it was like it was in my my lonely castle of horror sure. fandom you know <laughs> um i'm going way off the off the point here but i'm just i think i'm trying to illustrate that you know if you want something if you want something you just kind of have to do it you know and I, i'm not sure about like you know um Jason Lee Howden's story with with Deathgasm, but I see, you sort of get the idea that he just wanted to make this kick-ass metal horror comedy and right. figured out the means to do it. And I, I was not like, you know, I, I can't imagine everyone was knocking down his door to boom and go and make that movie, but he just obviously had this this idea and the labour of love to, to do it, you know. So, yeah, I can only guess that it's to do with size and just, yeah, just you just have to make your own opportunities, I, I guess. I, th- I think you're, yeah, absolutely. I think the, uh, the DIY aspect, I, I, I think horror, like horror and metal, um, mm. just, uh, just any sort of counterculture type music mm. or, or, or film needs DIY. Yeah. Because nobody, you know, with a lot of money is going to pay for that kind of stuff. Mm. You know, they're not going to do the big budget stuff. Mm. So these people that want to make these things, they're very passionate about it. Mm. If they get to doing it, they have to do it DIY. Yeah. And that's why that kind of stuff, like indie films and, and underground music sounds mm. better. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> you know? Yep. It's not, it's not as, um, it's not as forced. It's, it's, it's it comes naturally. It's like, you know, the, whatever comes out is coming out of you. It's pure, you know, exactly. you're not, you're not trying, um, I, I, you can't speak for everybody, but it's like, you know, the underground metal band or the punk band, they're not necessarily trying to get signed to a major label. They just want to play what, what they want to play. You know, like, this is what they want to hear. Exactly. Like the, band, the, the bands I was in was like, we were never, we were never going to get anywhere, but we didn't care. We just played what we, we wanted to play and wanted to hear. And that was what we did, you know? That's awesome. Mm. No, and it's really yeah. it's a uh, it's a uh, it's and it's true because like genuine and like real recognizes real, and I think that that's you know what I mean. Like it's like a it's great to watch like like that because when you listen to those things, it's and of course when bigger more more money gets in and things have to sound mm. a specific way to sell records and shit like that. That it's mm. it's harder it's harder to um, it's harder to um, you know still have that genuine approach to like you know like a genuine like raw emotion, mm. but. It, but I will say though that like um, Ducky Waititi has been able to keep raw, genuine emotion even in some of his biggest projects. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what goes on with that guy or Jermaine Clement or you know what I mean. Yeah. I think those guys live on in just a different like artistic level. That it's like I mean everything. Uh, Our flag means death. I just watched and I mean uh-huh. like so that, good. It's so good and like uh-huh. and Joe uh, Jojo Rabbit and. Yeah. Ragnarok, even Ragnarok, yeah. everything he just brings, everything he, just, he touches is yeah. I mean th- that's a rarity, I think, but yeah, like yeah. And I think I think in those in the cases of those guys, they were they had their their stuff down. They had their they've been doing their comedy and their, their you know their work for quite a few years. You know, I remember seeing a, a show, probably good 20 20 something years ago. They had a show like a comedy show. It was um, Jermaine and, and Taika the untold stories of Maui, who was like a Maori um, mythical uh, figure. And it was, it was like a historical show, but it was the most hilarious thing I'd ever seen. And I think they just got so good at what they do. And that just, and then Fly of the Concords became popular. So they've just mm-hmm. been able to translate 
what they've done without without having to sell out. You know, like they they're doing big stuff, but they're still their um I don't know their their intent is still still pure. It still feels like sure. they're doing what that the, what they've always wanted to do. You know, which which you can tell. I think that I think that comes through. And I, yeah. and I think and I think so too. It's got to be like I mean like like when you're like making a Marvel. You know what I mean? Yeah. Especially like, especially the jump from like uh, uh, what we do in shadows, which was of course, absolutely fantastic, but to like a mm-hmm. Marvel movie, um, you know what I mean? And to be able to still bring that, like, I mean, I love a lot of, I, I'm a Marvel movie. I'm fine with the Marvel movies. I know, I know for some reason that's like a hot take or controversial, but I enjoy, <laughs> but I yeah. enjoy, I mean, I grew up on comic books. So I enjoy uh, seeing those things come to life in such yeah. a dy- dynamic way. Um, but it really, I mean, his, his take on it is, I mean, it's, it's maybe not my favorite, but it's not, but it's not, not my favorite either. You know what I mean? Cause yeah, it's yeah. such a, it's such a dynamic movie it kind of lives in its own world that people mm. who don't usually like Marvel movies will actually kind of enjoy like like his ability to write humor is like you know like when he's like hey it's me it's thor you know from work you know what i mean like that's yeah. just I mean, that's just funny yeah. shit you know what i mean yeah. like yeah it's like, yeah, yeah. And i mean that nuance is like i mean because dead alive uh, or as they call it uh, um brain, uh, dead. Brain, brain dead brain dead brain dead I don't, I don't know what i don't know what dead alive is <laughs> never heard of it never heard of it <laughs> um is so funny and so oh. good and it's still like and it's almost like a continuation of that and i'm still just amazed um uh, and that really just says something about uh your your country just in general about how it's taken that and um and been able oh. to find that like i mean i know that big splatter films might be a funny thing to judge like a but like to be able to you know like like you look at like jamaica and like all the amazing music whether you even like reggae or not you have to like look oh. at the, the output of that country as oh. as so incredible you know what i mean and yeah. and then and then you look at new zealand and you're like wow like the output of like a four a country with four million people with like yeah. all of this like really deep cut like brilliance yeah. is, is really spectacular so i just wish there was a bit more i wish there was like i i you know i heard on the on the jason lee harden episode like he was talking about struggling to get deathgasm 2 made and i'm like yeah. It's a fucking no-brainer. Like, just finance it, that it shit. Is. And, like, <laughs> why? Just because one person doesn't like the name? Well, I mean, who cares what you think? I mean, there's an audience for it. You want a, you want a, you want a New Zealand film to get – it's on the map, but you want to just keep expanding and, um, and growing, the, growing the culture. And, and it, it just does my head in the fact that there is these examples of – like you say, a lot of these amazing films throughout, you know, the last 40, 40 50 years – but there's not a lot of them, you know. When you when you stop to think about it, there's probably one or two every every few years. But right. the the, actually, the classics are absolutely classic. But I just wish that there was there was more of them. I wish that you know Jason Lee Howden got to do a film every couple of years in New Zealand, and I wish you know some wish Peter Jackson made another horror movie, and I wish more people got the opportunity to to do it, you know, because it feels like there could be there could be a lot a lot more output, you know. Yeah, what, 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 what is Peter Jackson doing? Like, I mean, like, what? I mean, documentaries, he, it seems like, doesn't it? He yeah, it's true. Uh, he did help out the West Memphis Three, I feel like. He, yeah, and, yeah. And so, so you know what? Like, let him do what he wants. That's super yeah, cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he gave us some yeah. good horror, and then he did that. Like, you can, you can do whatever, yeah. dude. <laughs> yeah. Unlike yeah. Ty West, I was mad until he came back with X. I would have just yelled until he yeah. came back to horror. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, cool. So you uh, are there. Oh God. So you kind of came up on 80s horror like the rest of us. Um, 
what are some of your what, what are some of your 80s horror classics uh, uh, uh you a, a stuff guy you uh, uh the you stuff know. the stuff well there's, there's quite a lot that i missed because growing up in new zealand and i grew up in the country like in a mm-hmm. like out half an hour uh, an hour out of the christchurch which is you know the biggest city in the south island so i wasn't so even to get the movies was really hard like there was no video store nearby there was like it was a half hour drive to the nearest and it was just like a sort of a mum and pop you'd say mom and pop you know like a little dairy or um convenience store with a with a room of videos in the back so they weren't like yeah. the new releases were just whatever they could get so you know we we would go and get out whatever we could and then we'd have to make copies of them and bootlegs so we could keep watching them but the one that was always so hard to find and was evil dead too that was the one that i wanted to see more than anything else and we had the fangorias we'd read all about it we knew them you know we could get friday the 13th we could get nightmare on Elm street and hellraiser and all those titles but evil dead 2 was just so elusive i mean it was probably only for like a year but in my mind when i was 11 years old that was like five years trying to it was forever yeah yeah it was forever <laughs> it was like i mean there was even a point where a video van i don't know if you guys ever had video vans in the states like a van from from the city would drive out and the back of the van was just like shelving with videos, VHS cassettes along the walls. And they'd drive out once a week. You'd get out your videos and then he'd drive back and then he'd come out a week later and pick up the videos. So we had that. Great idea. We weren't allowed to get near vans in the 80s. So um, <laughs> in America. That's true. There was, yeah. no, there was, no, there was no way. Uh, yeah, they, they, they would let us uh, get into any van. Um, oh man, I've got a story about a video, a video van serial killer now because that's how they would have he would have got you. Hell yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I wanted to go back real quick. Actually, you mentioned yeah. um, we were talking about uh, uh, the Marvel movies. Uh, one of the stories in in your book, in the Burning Boy, and other stories, is pretty much a superhero story. Yeah, yeah. yeah super cool like that just like yeah. I, I wasn't expecting it and then i was like oh this is fucking cool because <laughs> yeah. there was definite horror elements but it was 100 yeah. percent horror uh, 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 a superhero origin story it was great yeah yeah so anyway that, i thought that, that was fucking awesome that's one of the ones that you know i you, it definitely could be expanded and you know it's, it, it was like a snippet and it was so short i wrote it for a, a podcast it was a submission for a podcast where it had to be two thousand words so i had this idea to make the third act of a film like i was like this is just the third act you're not going to get any of the build-up you're just going to get that last piece and that was the idea and it, it didn't get accepted for the podcast and then i kind of just reworked it a bit but that could definitely be expanded and in fact there's another story in the book the tunnel which is kind of related to it um they both have meteorites okay um, cool yeah 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 and then i've written another story that comes after the tunnel set in wellington after the city's been destroyed by a huge um asteroid that has these um powers these sort of um cosmic cosmic yeah powers. they allude to it in in the first one about how yeah yeah it's just, it's just been like pieces and the big one's coming <laughs> yeah yeah and <laughs> route to earth yeah <laughs> yeah like, oh fuck, this is awesome <laughs> yeah so then then the tunnel is the big one hitting you don't find that out right to the end and then the next story i've written is set like six months after the the asteroids hit but it's, it's it's another short story and i think maybe i should actually just make this a book maybe i should just dig into it and try and make a full story out of it because i think it might be more satisfying that way it's pretty cool yeah uh, i'm sorry to, to jump back like that no no we're good <laughs> all right classic <laughs> 80s movies <laughs> yeah so yeah evil did evil did 2 was the big one and when we finally got it 
Because imagine if you know you'd been looking at it for so long, for, for so long, and then you got it and it wasn't any good. You'd be like, well, if you're disappointed, it would have been so heartbreaking. But it was everything I wanted and more. You know, it was like the just. Oh yeah. It was just the so it's got to be. You know, I mean, I've got movies I love the more like the I love more like the thing and American Werewolf in London is one of my favorites. But Evil Dead Two is just that just that sweet spot. It's just that golden moment, hey. But, yeah, yeah I'm, a, I'm a huge American Werewolf in London fan. It's just, uh, it's, I think it, it hits on all levels of like, mm. it's, it's just fun. And it's just, uh, and I can see how if you're from New Zealand, you would like that because it's like mm. kind of that same thing. It's funny, but it's, but it's violent and it's like, yeah. it's, and it's, uh, uh, it's good. And I just, uh, you know, um, um, you know, it, uh, they kind of they make fun of the English and the Americans. Uh, yeah. They, yeah. Um, you know, which I think has got to work for New Zealand. And uh, I don't think they make fun of any Australians, though. So that's... Uh, I don't know if there's any Australians <laughs> in there. <laughs> I don't think they win. I don't think they win any Australians. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, yeah, I mean, I mean I'm a, like, I think I said we were talking before we got, got, got me on the show was that I'm just a werewolf guy. Like, werewolf is my monster, you know, like... Mm. Vampires are cool, and I and you know vampires probably have a lot more better movies and and books. Maybe I don't know, but then the the good ones from the the werewolf, like the Howling, American Werewolf, and you know the ones that are, are really good are just fantastic, you know. And they, they're the ones that speak to me, and that's what you know. Growing up, I think I told you the TV show Werewolf was like that was my favorite. Yeah, right. It was only one season, but it was my favorite TV show at the time. Right, that that and MacGyver was like <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I, uh, I I I got on this like weird MacGyver thing the other day of like what did MacGyver work do for a living, and I kind of couldn't figure it out, but I kind of dug into it, and he worked for some some organization, but like he the Phoenix Foundation, the Phoenix Foundation, and I'm yeah. not really sure what he specifically he did for them, but it's kind of a, he's just like a gun for hire, wasn't he? Well, they just yeah, called so, him up. It was like he yeah. was a, an operative, but he wasn't like on the books i'd just be like he just kind of help out yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. it was just it was just yeah. a weird random like i don't know how you fall into that job i mean does it pay yeah, yeah are you like on salary on retainer like how do you like yeah. how do you how do you how do you how does that work financially yeah so that's that's what because <laughs> like you know what i mean um, does he does he put in an invoice for the time he went to south america and fought the army ants does he say well i fought those <laughs> army ants for like two days and nearly died and so here's yeah, here's your invoice um yeah so i'm i'm a big uh werewolf fan too um and uh uh i think the the i think there was a huge gap like uh without good werewolf movies there was you know uh uh, an american werewolf and and uh uh, silver bullet i really loved loved and um and ginger snaps i was Mm -hmm. a big fan and then there was i kind of don't remember like there was bad moon i didn't really like that um some people like that but um recently there's been some good ones like werewolves within and uh yeah. wolf of snow hollow are both yeah. really yeah. excellent newer werewolf movies there's, but seems to be a bit of a resurgence you know there was another one i haven't seen i haven't seen wolf of snow hollow yet. i've seen wills within i like that but there was another one the curse i think that's just come out that was kind yeah, of yeah um, i want to see that too that looks yeah. really good so it seems like there's a bit of a bit of a resurgence and I exactly think a, i'm kind of stoked think, yeah so bring it bring them back you know yeah like, oh, wolf, of, wolf of snow hollow is like has become like oddly like one of my favorite movies because it's cool. just it's such a it's such an odd movie like uh-huh. they they really pull off something kind of like 
like like special with it i don't know right. like it's just like because it's pretty out there so yeah totally check it out it's, uh, oh, I need it's a, to, yeah. yeah it's a constant like suggestion of uh of mine to people like just watch mm. wolf of snow hollow because it's 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 one of a kind it really but it just really is. no no cgi werewolves you know like i saw something on twitter the other day and someone had put a screenshot of the werewolf from um van helsing the hugh mm-hmm. jackman and van helsing and it was this oh, horrible yeah. cg werewolf and they're going, oh, this looks pretty good. And I was like, oh, fuck, those werewolves just have no weight. They just feel like video game yeah. cutscenes. You know, that's like, true. Yeah, you know, and, and, and I mean, it's, so, it's so easy to do it. Not easy, but mm. like it's so capable. You know what I mean? Like it's so like you can do it. You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was because I was watching some of the old werewolf TV show episodes, and um, the werewolf like it's pretty limited in its movement. In fact, if you, if you were looking at it for too long, you're like, it doesn't really move. It's mouth kind of opens and that's about it. Like, there's no, there's not, there's not a lot of animatronics going on in the, in the face, but it's such a cool design that the design, the look of the wolf and then the sound effects and then the way it moves does all the heavy lifting. Like it's, it really, and it's just a man in a suit, but he's got these really elongated sort of forearms that basically almost reach to the ground. And just the way, the way it moves and it's got this kind of hunch, it's kind of hunchback so it's it's got quite a unique look um and it just really works like even though you can tell it's kind of a bit on the cheaper side it just it just sells it so much better than some goddamn pixels i mean it's like it's like i i get it it's for like cost or whatever but like like what's the fun in it anymore like i mean like rick baker built that built yeah. the american werewolf in like in his gar- garage you know what i mean yeah, and like yeah. in that that whole thing you know and i mean it was just like it was just so well done so it's like so completely within the grasp of it i just think that people want things to be easier or something like that and, yeah but remember remember when um i was about 10 years ago when they had the, the thing prequel came out mm-hmm. and um studio adi did all these amazing physical effects on set like incredible physical right. effects like and like you know and then the producers were like oh no audiences like cg it's like they they figured they thought the audience was so used to cg that they wouldn't buy these incredible lifelike looking effects so they went over all that work with cgi which it looked all right but it doesn't look as you see you can see the videos of studio idea ADI stuff the original work on you on the youtube channel and it's incredible it's just like this pulsing you know you know like um, his body's just moving and it just looks so much better but they made that decision because they thought audiences weren't going to excuse me buy it which is just that's bizarre a, that's that is not, that's not my understanding of audiences but uh, no that's, no no it's baffling yeah <laughs> it's like, These idiots a... running our movies what the yeah. fuck let's right. spend more money to make it look worse and i'm not like i i don't mind cgi even no, no not at all. it doesn't bother me but i always prefer practical effects and and yeah. even if they like i don't know if they don't meet up i don't know it, it's still I'll, I'll i'd rather watch the yeah, somebody's yeah. work moving yeah. on set than mm. yeah yeah totally i mean i think yeah. that um yeah i think that that's like a like probably the biggest problems that we deal with is that there's people in offices where like people love Pixar movies, right? And so like, why don't we try to get that crowd when honestly you would probably get way more 
horror fans if you came out with a movie that was like like it was like when they were remaking clash of the titans like there was like a complete online presence of people like demanding that they do it like stop motion or something like the original like the original like get like get like leica or like one of these big like stop motion that to animate this 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 uh this program this oh. this deal and they decided oh. to they just didn't do it they just went with the cgi with it and i mean oh. like i i mean i don't know how many people have seen the remake of clash of the titans i'm oh. guessing it's like nobody so oh. why like but, but if you came out with it and you said that to like the horror fans of the world like we're gonna go all practical effects or oh. just like nuanced cgi like minimal oh. cgi like we're gonna because i don't mind like i get it that yeah, we've had uh, Jason Baker, who's a who's a uh, you know works for uh, Tom Savini on the show, and he's like, uh-huh. no, I mean CGI is good to like fill uh-huh. in some gaps and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like it's fine. Uh-huh. And I'm just like, let's do that. But like, if you if you sold that to us, we'd all go check it out. Like everybody, uh-huh. you would uh-huh. you would you would get a whole group of people. But you know, but, yeah, yeah. But they, you know, they don't let me. They, they kick me out of those uh, those meetings all the time when I go in. <laughs> <laughs> I just show up. I'm like, listen, listen, motherfuckers. Like, I yeah, I, I I run a horror podcast. I don't know, and uh, and we're we're really big in New Zealand and Australia. Yeah. You know what I mean? So um, <laughs> equally big, equally big. Yeah. Um, what's your what? Uh, and so, lastly, on books, just uh, um, what's your favorite Stephen King book? Well, it's, it's definitely some of the earlier ones. I mean, it is is a classic, but it's it's kind of there's stuff in there that I don't like, but it's it's right. just as big epic and i and i love the the kids story more than the adult story sure. but i still that was that was just one of those books that you know I, I read when i was 11 and it took me probably six months to read but i was just happy to be spending six months in that world you know i was just like oh wow fucking you know it was just it was just perfect but i mean i've, I've been rereading him sort of more recently and salem's lot i love pet cemetery is the one that just fucks me up more yeah. than and especially once you become a parent, you know, like when I was a, when I was a kid, I was like, oh, this is cool, this is creepy. And then, you know, if you have, once you've had kids and you read it again, it's just like the most gut-reaching. That and The Shining are just so hard to hard to read. It just That's exactly what my mom said. Shout out to my mom. She yeah. said the, the, the Pet Cemetery was the last horror book she read because, yeah. and it was after I had been born. And she was like, it gave her nightmares, like after the yeah. first day. So she was like, fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> I, th- I think I think King even shelved the book initially. I just think he thought it was too much. Like I think he originally wrote it and then was like, "No, nah, I can't put that out." And then so <laughs> I think maybe his his wife or someone talked him into putting it out because it was just so so gut wrenching. And yeah, it's the one. It's the it's the book. It's, so there was there were there was uh, I think four years in a row, three three or four. I can't remember that I read it every Christmas break. I'd read wow. Pet Cemetery. It's such a readable book. Out of all mm. the books, it just. I don't. It's got a nice pop flavor for as as brutal as the subject matter is. It's it's got a nice like poppy sort of page turny sort of yeah like, kind of fun to it, which is like really cool because he's he's so good at you know he's got the, the almost like Shakespeare quality of like taking a very serious story and adding some fun and some funniness mm. and you know and stuff like that. Um, um, I, I can tell you that the book that scared me the most of his is is a little bit of a later one. I mean, kind of depending on where we consider it. But uh, I mean, has anybody here read Bag of Bones? No, I never read Bag of Bones. No. First of all, it's written in first person, which is un, unlike him. Mm. Um, so that I kind of enjoyed that part of it. And I don't know, it just scared the shit out of me. I strongly suggest Bag of Bones. 
Has anyone read uh, Revival? Is it's probably a more recent one? No, I have not read it. No. Yeah. So, um, I, you know, I listened to the um, the King Cast, you know, Stephen King pod- podcast as well, and that's what the one they always go on about, like, oh, you've got to read Revival. So I finally right. read it, and it's for the most part, it's not even that kind of horror based. It's kind of set around a sort of sort of around of a carnival and a sort of a a, a, a preacher, you know, like a carnival kind of preacher, but the end. There's like there's you know three quarters of the book and then there's the end, and it just goes into some of the bleakest, most cosmic, crazy, um, yeah, bleak shit King's ever written. It's just got this. The ending is like just one of the best things he's ever written, and it's not even that that bigger book. But yeah, it just it just builds to this finale that's just I wouldn't ruin it, but it's just yeah, it's just one of the best things he's done. No, I'll check it out. The last thing I read of his was Doctor Sleep, and I thought it was great. So yeah, um, so I, you know I think he's still. Mm. still got still got ink in that pen you know what i mean yeah, you, yeah. you can still fucking make that shit happen yeah one yeah, of my yeah. favorites is uh, uh richard bachman which for mm. anybody that doesn't know is stephen king um <laughs> what <laughs> i think by now people hey. know but in case you know there might be some, um but uh, uh the regulators it, it was like a it was like a two-part book. It was The Regulators mm. and then Desperation mm. uh, were like two books that went to and The Regulators was just fucking creepy and so good and I love that. Um, and I, I really love his uh, most of his short stories. Yeah, yeah. I, lo- I love his short and stories. And The Running oh, Man yeah. turned into actually, mm. that was Bachman too, but that was, yeah. that was pretty yeah. great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I still haven't read, I've still read The Running Man. I haven't read, I haven't read the Bachman books, but The Regulators is a funny one. Like, it came out in like mid nineties and I yeah. had a copy of it. I bought a copy of it, sat on my shelf for years. I think I started reading it, didn't read it and then got rid of it. And then I got a secondhand copy 10 years later, sat on the shelf, didn't read it. I still haven't read it. I've got another copy, which I bought like only a few <laughs> months ago and it's still on the shelf and I still haven't read it. So this is like 25 years I've been dodging this book so i really need to just sit down and read the fucking thing <laughs> maybe this is the time like now yeah, that yeah. Up. because desperation yeah. desperation was king and then the, the yeah is, yeah is bachman and yeah and they're like the same they're in the same yeah uh, two, so the hardbacks yeah. too like if you put them together they yeah, make the, one huge thing yeah, it's great yeah, yeah. Um, you know i think uh everybody who's into metal or hip-hop or anything like that loves anything kind of like extra any multi-media yep. thing like yeah yeah you can, you can oh yeah you know, I, i'm not even this is gonna be a hot take and i'll get crucified for this but i'm not that big of a led zeppelin fan but uh-huh. the fact that you can hold Oof. hold a a record up to a mirror and it looks like a wolf's head is the coolest shit in the world to me you like you know what i mean like do <laughs> yeah. do all of that shit you know what yeah. I mean? yeah. um it's like uh it's like the back credit of, where credits do i don't it's like the back one either but it's like the back yeah. <laughs> It's like the back cover of Mad Magazine. You know? Yeah, um, give me, yes. give me, deep, yeah, give me Deep Purple any day. I'll take Deep Purple over Zeppelin. <laughs> you know what? This is wow. This is this is great. Oh yeah. This is, uh, yeah. This is, uh, this is rare. It's rare to find three people sitting in a room uh, that don't like Led Zeppelin together. So well, I, just... I I I used to like the music, and I and I do like some of the music, but I read I read I read the biography, and they just sound like a bunch of wankers. <laughs> 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 they really do, you know. Um, besides the fact that you know Jimmy Page is like sleeping with fourteen-year-olds, um, it's uh, I mean, like, and then yep. you know, okay. um, and then and then exactly fuck all that, and then like, and then like like blatantly stealing music from people, yeah, like, like yeah. not even yeah. like like from bands that opened for them, yeah. you know, and, and you're just like, it's like it's it's weird, and it's just like, did you yeah. read the dirt? 
by Motley Crue. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's another great one where you end up hating everybody. <laughs> yeah. Everybody in that band is a piece of shit. For like half a chapter, you feel bad for Vince Neil because his daughter dies. Yeah, and you're like, wait, rough. you're also a piece of shit though all the time. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah it's a uh, yeah, the uh, I the thing about the thing about Motley Crue is like like I mean, like you kind of knew that about them. You know yeah, what I mean? Oh, like 100%. there was like there was like yeah. You know what I did hear at the end of their like last concert? Like they didn't say goodbye to each other or anything. They weren't like, okay, guys, it's been a good run or anything like that. They all just like packed up and left. Yeah. Such a weird thing. Yeah, but like, they're going oh, back out this summer with yeah, yeah. Joan Jett. <laughs> all right. That's uh, I'm I'm sure it's gonna be fantastic. And like poison and Cinderella, but like Joan Jett is opening. Yeah. It's um, weird. Yeah. I don't like it. But anyway, <laughs> are you are you big into to metal? I I was when I was younger. Like I to be honest. I listened, I listened to everything, um, mm-hmm. but I was much more into metal when I was, when I was a teenager, when I was listening to King, watching horror movies, you know, that classic, that classic, you know, 80s kid. Oh, yeah. But, but I, to be honest, I don't listen to a lot these days. I'll always, I'll usually like find one band that I really like and listen to them for a bit. Um, but to be honest, recently I've been listening to just a lot of soundtracks, a lot of uh, horror movie soundtracks and mm-hmm. just movie scores. Cause I like to listen to it when I write. And you know, I've been buying all the like the waxwork and Mondo records, and you know, spending yeah. all that stuff. Um, yeah, so I, to be honest, I listened to a lot of that more recently. I'm going oh, to like see, that. I'm going to see the Bronx. You know, that band, the Bronx. Mm-hmm. The Bronx is one of my favorite fucking bands in the entire yeah. world. Yeah, yeah. And I saw, nice. uh, yeah. Oh my god, the Bronx, the Mariachi, El Bronx. Fucking, yeah. Oh god, I so love the, the Bronx so, the so Bronx, good. The Bronx are playing in New Zealand uh, in about two weeks. I'm going to that. It's one of my first concert I've been to in a long time. Yo, they're going to have that like 3D vinyl record too, like Ooh. only on sale there. I'm super wow. jealous. Oh, <laughs> you should grab that. Oh, yeah. Fuck yeah. Wow. Awesome. I'll, probably put, I'll probably put my neck out. I'll be like headbang like twice and I'll be like, oh. <laughs> right. I'm, done. I'm done. Yeah, no, I sit in the back now these days yeah. and watch from the corner. But it, yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I love went, that I, band. I went to a show like a couple of years ago. I was with my sister and I hadn't been to a show for ages and we we're standing at the back and I had a a beer, like a pint beer glass. And I was like, ah, this beer's really heavy. <laughs> and, like, and, then like, and I'm like, stick a stand in. And I'm like, oh, my neck's getting sore from like looking up. And I was like, oh, this is hard. <laughs> I feel like, man, this is, yeah, when you, when you reach a point where the beer's too heavy, it's yeah. like, stop it, I'll just stay home. I'm out of touch. Yeah. Out of, out of, I, I just went to a show on Sunday night and I sat on the, on the side of the walls. There were couches and I sat for the first two opening bands just on the couch until the band. <laughs> I, wanted to see, came up, I stood up on the couch so I could see over everybody and then left. <laughs> you were just conserving that, conserving that energy. A hundred percent. Classic. Well, do you think uh, you think you can handle our uh, our Sinister Six uh, uh, opinion questions? Sure. Yeah, I think, I think he can. Uh, yeah, I'll see if I can. All right. All right. Sinister Six. First one, Freddie or Jason? Freddie. Am I allowed to exp- uh, expand? Yeah, on sure. Yeah, so, yeah. Freddie was always the one for me back in the day. Like me and my mate, my mate Adam, who was my horror mate, he was Jason and I was Freddie. You know how like you had that sort of rivalry and his band was Metallica, mine was Guns N' Roses. So you always would like argue over who was better. So he was, he was Freddie. He was Jason. I was Freddie. I mean, we love both of them, but I was always Freddie. We used to argue about it. Um, but then in recent years, Jason's kind of taken the edge because I've kind of, I've seen, I'd seen the nightmares so much when I was a kid. Like I watched them over and over. 
Whereas the Friday the 13th, I'd seen them, but I hadn't watched them as much. So now I'm watching them way more regularly. And just, just I mean, I, I freaking love Jason Takes Manhattan. Everyone hates it. <gasps> no, that's my favorite it. one. <laughs> it's, it's nearly my favorite. It's, it's up there. Yes. Eh? It's, it's so much fun. Oh, that makes me so happy. Yeah, that's my favorite one. <laughs> and I don't even, I don't even, I don't even care that he's only in New York for like 10 minutes. Not at all. He's, it's he's worth it just for that one scene when he's standing in, in Times Square. Times like Square. Him, yeah. And you're like, oh, that's enough. That's fine. Now go back to killing people. Fucking yeah. awesome. Cool. For, oh, for that, I loved it. For everyone made out like that was what was bad about it. Well, he wasn't in New York, but he was on a boat killing people with a flying V guitar. I mean, fuck. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Exactly. The boat ride was cool. They had yeah. the, the toxic sludge filling yeah. the the, the sewers, <laughs> which is not a thing, but sounds like it should be a thing. Yeah. 100%. Uh, he shows his his uh, face to the punks in solidarity. I yeah. love that. Yeah. It's fucking awesome. It's it's yeah, amazing. So thought, excellent, I, excellent choice. I, I, saw, I saw a meme recently that was like, shout out to the dude who tried to shoot the fade. Uh, with uh, with uh, with Jason, it's like, that dude like gonna box yeah. him. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you're like, oh, you're, like, yeah, exactly. yeah. Like, like, you're getting your head knocked off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like out of respect, though. Like Jason let him have it. All. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's, uh, like it's, and he's like uh, punching the mask. He's like punching the his hockey mask. He should have taken the mask off and just gone for his face. That's you know? true. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> punching exactly. the mask. Yeah. All right. Uh, what's the difference between thriller and horror? Mm. it's they're very closely interrelated um maybe it's maybe well i haven't really thought about it but maybe horror's just got that more exploitation sort of aspect to it you know whereas thriller's a bit more supposedly high-minded you know and it's a bit more mainstream like you know you don't get like do you get low-grade direct-to-video thrillers as much as like horror whereas horror horror's to me has that sort of more exploitation kind of aspect to it you know i think the 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 bet the movies are better the the straight to video horror movies are better than the straight to <laughs> video thrillers yeah 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 um yeah yeah, yeah, no, I it's a, yeah i think i think you know that's kind of a it's a tough question for a lot of because people don't like uh like it's not a it's not like a commonly thought of, i think i mean personally i think that like horror has to have like maybe like the concept of evil present present in it like sort of like relentless evil like something that's like gonna get you if you don't do it but like the thriller kind of has that too so it's an interesting it's an interesting uh, interesting mind game to play yeah but then but then like you know some people you look back at some of like the the 90s thrillers like uh basic instinct and it's kind of a giallo it's like it's basically like an american version of the giallo you know yeah that's yeah. true. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And it, so it is kind of, is that a horror? You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, is Jaws a horror movie? I mean, I think it is, but I think it is. Yeah. It's, it's a creature. Mo- it's a, it's yeah. a monster movie. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, creature, yeah. Creature. yeah. yeah. Um, what horror movie influenced your taste the most? I can't say Evil Dead 2 because that sort of came a bit later. Um, so definitely Nightmare on Elm Street. One and three, you know, like those were my favorites, but definitely, definitely three. Three was the one that just was was my favorite as, as a kid. And, you know, that just definitely. Oh, yeah. Three, I think um, I choose Jason in the Freddy or Jason. Yeah. But I think Nightmare on Elm Street three is the best horror movie out of any of them in the franchise. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So good. Um, if you could erase one movie from existence, what would it be? It doesn't have to be horror. 
like I shouldn't erase it. Sailor 120 Days of Sodom was an awful the- theatrical experience. <laughs> um, well, I wouldn't say it was awful. It was it was hard. It was hard to watch. So, and I wouldn't erase it, but that was the one that I could probably, if I could just forget it, <laughs> even though I know it's an important work and it's quite, it was quite well made, but it was like, it was at a film festival in New Zealand and a whole bunch of us went along. It was like, kind of like a dare, you know, let's go and see this, this horrible film, this controversial film. And people were just walking out left and right. Like the theater just kind of half emptied itself over the course of the, of the movie, you know, but we stuck it out and then we were like, uh, you know, <laughs> what? Why? Why? <laughs> why did I? What now? Why am yeah. I? Uh, yeah, yeah. That's a uh, yeah. That's a. But if I, was, um, if I was actually if I was actually going to erase one, uh, Transformers Two: Revenge of the Fallen, that can just be deleted <laughs> from existence. I love it. I love it. That's a, yeah. that's a great answer. I I, cho- I always choose uh, on that question. Um, uh, Rob Zombie Halloween movies. So all right. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, are ghosts real? I think so. It's not a yes. It's not a yes or no. But I, I think so. I haven't personally experienced one, but I know people that have had some pretty, pretty conclusive experiences. You know that that kind of spin me out when I when I think about them. You know, like so I haven't, so I can't say yes or no. But family friends have had some pretty wild, pretty wild experiences. Yeah. I like cool. that one. Yeah. Um, all right. And last one, Midsummer or Hereditary? Midsummer, definitely. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's my choice too. I, I yeah. think they're both fucking incredible, but yeah. I lean towards that every time. But yeah, Midsummer just just it's just per- it's like a perfect film for me. Um, I kind of hereditary I really love, but I, I think I heard so much it was overhyped to me, I think. And it's not that it doesn't live up to the hype, but it was, if I'd gone on blind, if I'd gone on absolutely blind, I, I can imagine just, it would have just ripped the floor out from underneath my feet. But I saw it probably a year after it came out and I should have just gone to the cinema and seen it blind, you know, like that would have, that would have been perfect. But so yeah, it didn't quite work as well as I'd hoped, but then Midsommar was just kind of perfect, perfect, I think. Awesome. Yeah. Well, hell yeah. You, uh, you killed it. Excellent. Excellent work. Thank you. Um, all right. Well, now it's time for recommendations. Uh, Graham and I will go first, and you'll take us out, um, Denver. So, uh, Graham, mm-hmm. what do you what do you got? Oh, geez. Okay. Um, the first one I'm going with is a a, a grind gore gore grind death metal band called Olivia Neuter John. Um, <laughs> I I just found them. They're fucking right, awesome. Yeah, <laughs> incredible name. I I. Oh. I I got the EP. They just dropped an EP on Friday called No Mercy for Transphobic Scum. And it fucking oh, was nice. Yeah, right away I was like, Perfect. oh, um, awesome. And then I went back and, and checked out their other stuff. Um, their first album is called uh, Kill All Men, starting with the white ones. Fucking awesome. Oh, man, nice. Transphobia Annihilation Squad, mm-hmm. uh, The Toxic Orgy, um, and then a complete castration were their full albums. But this new EP, uh, fucking amazing. It's called No Mercy for Transphobe Scum. Uh, check that out. And then uh, my only other one today is, uh, I, and I've only seen the trailer. And I know very little about it. But it's a new movie coming out to Shudder called Mad God. Um, written, produced, oh. and directed by Phil Tippett. 
And apparently it's been, it's taken 30 years to make and it's stop motion. We were talking about that earlier and it looks fucking insane and amazing. So I am super into that. So check out the trailer for mad God and, and then get excited to see it. Mm -hmm. Hope it's good. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) It looks good. It looks really good. Yeah, man. Um, I am going to suggest, um, uh, well, first of all, I finally finished all three seasons of Servant on Apple TV Plus or whatever it is. And uh, I know I keep suggesting it, but it continuously to the last minute of the last episode was amazing. Um, so I'm going to strongly suggest watching that. And then I'm, and then I'm watching the new season of Barry. And um, I just think Will Hader should be in everything ever. And uh-huh. um, Will Hader is... Uh, is um on some some extra shit i don't know what's uh-huh. up with that guy but he brings in like like a fucking like a deep uh, he's a there's like a deep cut that that guy can get to that i, I just yeah. I, I don't he's see. so good he's so good and yeah. barry and barry is all over the place and um it's funny and it's uh, uh and oddly he's not the funny one in it you know and right. um you know and, no ho uh, hank is pretty great yeah no <laughs> hank is totally great so um <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Barry is just like it's kind of everything you say. Like it's got like dope murders and uh, like some feels and some. Uh, I love some feels. Yeah, I I, yeah. I love a recommendation. Character. I love a compl- yeah. I love a complicated character. Mm. You know what I mean? Like I love mm. a layered uh, layered. Yeah. Character. So um, yeah, cool. I, I, I'm gonna I'm actually gonna leave it at those two today. So um, uh-huh. all right, Denver, bring us bring us. Um, in. I mean, this isn't such a I mean, it's been out for a while, but X was just probably the best film I've seen this year. I freaking loved it. Fully um, agree. And, yeah, I, we, I was lucky enough to um, DJ at the New Zealand premiere. They had it at the Roxy Cinema in, in Wellington, which is like, it's owned by Peter Jackson and a lot of his um, crew. They kind of got this big old theatre. And so they've got heaps of cool props there from the movies. And it's just this old school sort of um, art deco theatre. And when they do when they do like you know premieres they do this big sort of projection thing video thing on the wall and they had props from a film there because the film was made in new zealand so they had the alligator the alligator was there um and they had the axes and they had like a, a pitchfork there with retractable um retractable forks so we got to play around with that and i just sort of dj'd some horror movie soundtracks and and then just went and watched the movie and just blew me away it was just like it was perfect i couldn't i couldn't i wouldn't change a thing about it i just had so much fun with it i think yeah i think it's ty west to me it's his best film um and i just can't wait for for pearl oh totally i that Mm. movie absolutely it's my favorite movie of the year so far and every other movie is on notice now yeah (laughs) to try to yeah take that it was perfect i totally agree and it's oddly i wouldn't say divisive but it's definitely there's definitely a split and i do find that people kind of in our age bracket, you know, like probably, you know, thirties and forties seem to really like it. And then some of them, some of the younger horror fans that I, that I know are kind of like, yeah, it was all right. It wasn't that gory. It wasn't that, it was a bit slow, you know, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I don't know why. Maybe it's just because his influences and the way he, he does this thing. He's, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say he's like Tarantino, but he takes these influences and just remixes them into his own flavor. hundred percent. Like, you know, you, you can get, you get that he's, um, riffing on texas chainsaw and these other other things yep. but it, it, it doesn't it feel, feel like a ripoff no not at all it feels like this new version like it does and remix doesn't sound right either but it, it just feels like this new evolved version 
and it just it just was was perfect to me yeah yeah and the, and the trail or the the ad uh, um, or the post credit scene for pearl got me yeah. so fucking like that added yeah. to the entire movie like, yeah just that trail i was like oh this movie just got bigger in my head so yeah. i'm stoked <laughs> yeah yeah totally and it's just amazing that he just he like wrote that in two weeks while he was in quarantine in new zealand he's like ah I'm going to write this next movie. And then they got, got the okay to make it. And they made two movies at once. It's just, it's just amazing. Uh, yeah. Mm. Really dope. Well, mm. uh, this has been really a lot of fun. Thank you so much for, mm. uh, for joining us. Yeah. And, thank uh, you so much. Oh, thank you. Uh, keep, uh, keep doing what you're doing. And if you've got books or anything coming out, let us know. And we will, uh, mm-hmm. we will let all these uh, great people. We got the uh, um, big shout out to the army, the goddamned, our Patreon supporters. Um, find us at AGH. Uh, find us on Patreon at AGHP six six six. Please uh, go check it out and uh, you know give us some of your money. Um, we like we, we like that. Um, you know, um, big shout out to New Zealand uh, sticking in there with the, so mm. so um, so it's United States, United Kingdom, New Zealand, Canada, Australia. Not for long. All thirty. Yeah, that's. I'm telling you, like I want to be in New Zealand. So my big dream is to get to get enough New Zealand support that we can actually come to New Zealand. Oh. Three of us. Just and, move yeah. there. And we'll just move, <laughs> yeah, well, we'll just move there. And then I'll just, uh, you know, um, I am not afraid to be illegal someplace. You know what I mean? Like I will, I will um, uh, um, muggle you in somehow. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then, yeah. um, I mean, you know, I mean, how many New Zealand stand-up comics are? You know what I mean? So, like, you need you need more stand up comics, right? Yeah. Um, yep. So, um, definitely bring, bring me on. Um, and uh, but uh, but New Zealand, big a uh, big shout out. Thank you so much for uh, for all the work that you guys do. So please keep tuning in and uh, um, and um, everybody have fun. And thanks for letting Ty West make his movie there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Fucking rules. Oh, it's awesome. It's like, and I think it made the film better in some ways because he because he got to do so much more than the, what he was originally going to do. I think, I think he got better production value by, by coming down here and doing it that way. I think. Yeah. I'm I telling you, it. there's something in the air that there really is. There's <laughs> something in the air that makes things work. You know what I mean? That yeah. like, makes like that, like, like, like Ryan, Brian, my brain, like New Zealand stuff, just, just, like uh, you know it works out great um and so thank you for all our listeners all over the world and um please if you're struggling please reach out to us and uh and talk uh we're always here and we all do this together so please um and in the meantime um until next time start some fires and break some glass thank you